Hey everyone, welcome to Joey Hates Movies. We have a very special episode today. One, because it is a TV show combined with a movie. Two, it's an anime. And three, we have a very special guest joining the show. It is Brooklyn. Hi, Hi. Brooklyn. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> I'm Nick Limone, and of course we have... I'm Joey. I'm titular. He's the titular one. He's the titular one. The thing is, is I feel like we should explain why Brooklyn's here. Uh, and the answer is, is because Coral refused to watch anime. Yeah, she just didn't watch that's it. That's actually like, literally, not... literally, I'm not going to do it? Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of fake news. It's not 100% true. Um, it's a Evangelion, big commitment. Evangelion released on Netflix, like what, maybe two months ago now? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like... I know how much Nick and Brooklyn like this. <laughs> I'm going to watch this for them. Not for me. For them. Aw. It was the wildest thing to come home and like walk towards my bedroom because my bedroom's right next to yours. And you just see the... Nick's <laughs> no no like... And I was like, what is, what's going on? Is Joey watching Evangelion? And lo and behold... Joey has started watching anime as a result of watching Evangelion. So the thing What? Is, yeah. What? What's <laughs> yeah. your second anime? Oh, uh, Nick's kind of right. I did watch a second anime. What, what is getting, it? We're getting rapidly off topic. <laughs> what is it? Um, I don't even know the name of it. You know the, ne- the anime on Netflix about, yes. the, about the boarding school where everyone gambles so much? It's a, oh. It's a gambling boarding school anime. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But Joey, I would implore you both to watch it because I'm just so morbidly curious about what you would think. <laughs> I haven't seen it. It's I feel like trash. Brooklyn would love it. Brooklyn would love it. It's it's also very horny, Brooklyn. I like that. <laughs> it's very horny. But they get horny for gambling. And the excitement, the thrill. Yeah, I think yeah. it's like edging. Yeah, that makes sense. That sounds like uh what's that cooking one? Oh, oh, the Food Wars. Yeah, Food Wars. Well, that was the one that was drawn by a, uh, a hentai artist. Yeah, yeah. So that's why the food looks like so good. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's like really horny too, but yeah. it's all horny for the food. Like everyone's fully dressed the whole time and it's just, but well, until the food explodes their clothes off of their bodies because it's so good. But you know what I'm horny for? What? Evangelion. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, the, the podcast is very honestly named. I kind of hate movies. Yeah. But- We've, t- we've touched on a little bit. I kind of love TV shows. You love serialized dramas. I love serialized dramas. I like dramas more than comedies. I like, I, I love, I love, love, love modern TV. And not like, you know, what's on CBS. I'm talking about, you know, the, the cream of the crop. Like, what's, what's, what's the newest Netflix? What's the newest Amazon? What's the newest HBO Showtime yeah. programs? Yeah, you actively seek out people's opinions on television shows which i think is very interesting and then i consume it and then i give my own opinions back into the world so i do that for tv but not for movies which is part of the reason why we're here in the first place so the so the idea of of me wanting to watch evangelion is that i feel like there is is a hole in some of my tv viewing history like 
my my experience with TV is very much so from what I would consider the modern golden age, like Sopranos and post Sopranos. Yeah, yeah. If if we're talking like you know post, I don't know, two thousand and seven, maybe. I think I've watched. Most, if not every, large, major, serious, critically acclaimed show, or at least tried it. Really? But stuff before then, yeah. But stuff before then, I, I have like a big black hole for. I tried like you know watching Seinfeld. I don't like it. I think Friends is a bad show. I, I think that I agree with you on both counts. I think that you know I, I haven't really watched a lot of a lot of uh, television that is formative. I guess. Um, but Evangelion feels like one of those things that is incredibly formative and incredibly well received and has similar themes to stuff that I'm very interested in. Yeah. So just if nothing else by the amount that, you know, you talk about you loving it, Nick, and all the fucking figures you have and <laughs> how, how horny Brooklyn gets for the show, <laughs> I, I'm like, I guess I, I got to watch Evangelion. So I sat down and I committed to it and it's, it's kind of a commitment. It's 20, 25 episodes plus a movie. Three. Two. I watched both movies. Five movies. Oh, you watched the Death and There's Rebirth There's five one? movies. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch well, the Death Well, technically four. He, I don't think he watched the Rebirth movies, though. That's the only thing. Oh, I did not did. watch the Rebirth movies. I, I just watched I watched the whole series, and then I watched um, the, the, the recap movie. Yeah. Yeah. And well, there's I like one the new scene in that recap movie, but that's about it. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a... This is interesting because generally, you know, these podcasts don't go on forever. Yeah. Well, I think we could be strategic about it. We don't have to go episode by episode. But there's here. so much content to cover. So I don't know if y'all I like I'm more than open for the best way to 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 do this. How do how do we dive in? How do how do we go through this story? How do we take take an audience on an adventure of Evangelion? Um, What's the history of Evangelion? Well, Evangelion was created by uh, Hideaki Anno. Um, and he was the one of the co-founders of Studio Gainax, and they've gone on to produce a lot of shows like I believe Gunbuster, um, and a lot of people from there have also like transitioned to Studio Trigger, and they've made a lot of things like uh, Fooly Cooly, I think. Yeah, Kill uh, a Kill. Kill a Kill, yeah. And uh, they have Gurren Lagann. Gurren Lagann, and they also have a new a movie coming out called Promare, and it's like a firefighting anime. It looks really cool. But regardless, there's it's a high-caliber studio that – really started with next to no money and that's kind of the story of evangelion from the get-go is it was funded and serialized on almost like a day-to-day basis or i'm sorry weekly basis in japan and they were bleeding money from the get-go and so the show itself a lot of the choices the creative choices that get made throughout the show you'll notice when we when we first get introduced to the very scary shadow government known as sele you are first introduced to them when they're talking to Gendo Akari in person. There's multiple people actually talking to Gendo Akari. Gendo Akari is Shinji's father. We'll get into that a little bit later. But over the series, as they bled more and more money, they realized they couldn't afford to animate all of these types of scenes. So they transition all of these human characters into just digital monoliths that would just appear as like static images. And as the show progresses even further, it, blend, it starts to blend this sense of surrealist existential crisis with a lot of just static imagery. And sometimes those imageries are just in black and white. It's just simple pen sketches. And even though it's cheap, it 
kind of fits the tone of the show, which I think is the most impressive thing about it. Yeah. And what sometimes you- there's like even flashes of actual photographs of humans, like, Japan and humans and like and like real babies and stuff like yeah. I guess it's cheaper than drawing them yeah oh I absolutely mean, sourcing, sourcing those images and like they use them for like a couple frames but like that's a couple frames they didn't have to fucking draw by hand yeah they probably just took a photo of their kids or something just like ah, just throw your kids in there it's fine yeah it all works out so it's a show that's kind of built on human suffering and failure to some extent which i think really highlights the direction the show takes roughly halfway through. But uh, as we begin, I think it's important we have a little context for for Joey, at least. I know Brooklyn's watched plenty of anime before and after Evangelion, correct, Brooklyn? Yes. <laughs> but Joey, you never really watched any anime before Evangelion. This is an interesting first I, one to do. I say this is like a half meme because I know it's actually kind of contentious. I watched and loved all of Avatar. Yeah, that's that, oh, which I Avatar consider is an, an anime. anime. Yeah, Avatar a lot of people anime. will tell you it's not though. They can fuck off. So I watched all of Avatar, and I think I watched all of. Um, mm, uh, I watched all of what's it's there's like four episodes. It's like, I think it's like a Black Ninja with a fro. Oh, Afro Samurai. Afro I've watched Samurai. all of Afro Samurai. That's a really good one. Was it Afro Samurai or was it Samurai Champloo? This is probably Afro Samurai. Uh, you're thinking of Samurai 7, I think. Oh, okay. So she says Samurai Champloo is the one with the three dudes. Yeah, you're or right. Or three, two guys and a girl. Yeah. But I, uh, I, I watched uh, all of Yuri on Ice for work, actually. You did? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, I watched that a couple years ago for uh, when, we were, when we were trying to develop a project. That's a good opening song. I love that song. I think it's better than the Evangelion one. I've never seen Yuri on Ice. We I feel... were born to make history. <laughs> Some of those words are right. You, uh, you should watch that, Brooklyn. Yeah, you would love Yuri on I Ice, love a Brooklyn. good BL. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that means. <laughs> boy love. Yeah. There's lots of boy love in Yuri on Ice. Gay! Oh, I understand that now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you uh, looked confused, so I thought I'd help you. So, I mean, I, 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 have, I have a very minimalistic anime background. A lot of it hasn't really uh, appealed. Well, well, you've never watched any mecha anime. Yeah, because I've never Which really liked mecha. The best ones. Period, you know. Yeah, you've never watched any Gundam, any like... Transformers. A, yeah, anything like that. And I think that that's kind of one of the... That when, when Evangelion first came out in the... What was it? Uh, early nineties. No, no, no. In Japan, it was. Oh, like in the yeah. mid nineties, right? It was like ninety four, ninety five. Mid late nineties. That sounds about right. But when it first hit the scene, it was kind of like this, uh, this, this, this wave that really enraptured audiences because it was taking a familiar genre like Mecha, where the hero was always painted as this reluctant hero who was like. He didn't want to hurt anyone, but at the same time, he was the only one who, for some whatever reason, that could pilot this giant robot. And so, miraculously, this middle schooler would rise at the occasion and either fight off uh, imperialists that are trying to overtake the city or giant aliens that were threatening to destroy the city. And he became the savior of mankind. And that's pretty much the basis for the genre for several years from from its inception all the way through evangelion where evangelion differs from those is that it takes a familiar setup like you have your reluctant hero but you just keep them reluctant and you start to question 
how heroic are they? They they actually don't want any any part of this, but the government is forcing them to to combat these these alien creatures known as uh, uh, angels. And so when they actually do wage war, it's not particularly graceful. It's not particularly cool. It's well drawn and stuff like that, but it, it's done like it feels like they always win by the skin of their teeth. And in that process, they cause so much collateral damage and that collateral damage takes its toll on all these child pilots and they start to think like who am like why am i doing this like i didn't want to hurt anyone i just want to go to school but my best friends who i think don't really like me like i hurt one of their sisters because i didn't fight as well as i should have like oh my god what's going on and that kind of serves as the 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 pivot point for the show Mm -hmm. and 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 that's what i think drew me into it because i was like oh I, I first learned about the show when I was like a freshman in high school and it, I really fell in deep because, you know, I, I felt very much like a Shinji. I think everyone does when they're in their uh, mid to late adolescence or early to mid adolescence. They, they question everything about who they are, what their place is in this world, how people think of them, how they react to people and vice versa. Like it's all just how people connect with each other. And also you live in an apartment with just like a bunch of really hot women and a penguin. Yeah, it's a, it's a typical harem one. Mm-hmm. And, and again, not to continue just talk about Evangelion for forever because I could. Uh, it, it, it's taking – it's created by people who are fans of stereotypical anime, of harem animes, of mecha animes, but it's also made by people who want to subvert that to some extent. But yeah. they're also still fans. Like they love fan service, but they also realize they're kind of assholes for being into fan service. So the whole show just feels like a giant contradiction, a giant oxymoron where the creator kind of hates himself for making the show he really likes, but at the same time, he thinks he can make something better, and it's just very fast. He's, like, kind of a fucker. And, like, it's kind of his objective in general to just fuck with the viewership. And so, like, he intentionally did things in making the rebuilds that were, like, to piss people off. Yeah, like, was, he was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change Asuka's suit it, because it, I know it's going to make people mad. He did a bunch of stuff just to fucking make people mad because he likes being a shyster. Now, now, Joey, when you first watched the show, did you to pick up on any of this sort of context that I'm hinting at? Because it doesn't really hit you over the head with the, the idea of like, hey, this is subversive. Evangelion seems like a show where uh, they don't want you – it seems like it's not – it seems like it's anti-fan culture. In a sense, it doesn't want you to – like and adore these characters. Why, it seems, why though? What is it about the show that does that? That you think? Because no one, everyone's shitty. Yeah. No one in yeah. the show is a likable person. Fucking sucks. Ev- ev- everyone sucks. Everyone is to a degree insufferable. And it's like, hey, don't, don't except Misato. Don't, don't be Misato. I think is the only character that I actually liked, and even that's like a soft like. But, yeah, because she's still, like, really vulnerable and fucks up a lot. But I think she's, like, an actual human, unlike a lot of yeah. people in the show. Like, she has goals. Literally. She has dreams. She has desires. She's not perfect, but she's just trying to figure it out, kind of. Like, she feels very much the way people in their late 20s feel. Yeah. The, <laughs> on a as, daily I, basis. as I am 27 years old currently, I feel like I relate to Misato so much more every single day where she's like, 
Ah, uh, fuck. But she's <laughs> she's a professional though. She's good at her job to some extent. Like she is a high-ranking government of or not government official, uh, a private corporation's high-ranking like officer. Mm-hmm. And then one day she gets like handed this limp-wristed child named Shinji Shinji Ikari, who happens to be Misato's boss's kid. And so the reason why this giant company she works for called Nerve wants Shinji is because he's capable of piloting Avas. Brooklyn, what are the Avas? Do you want the the Give me the TLDR. The TLDR. Yeah. Okay, but am I TLDR. doing the spoil are we spoiling? Yeah, we're talking it? about the whole this thing. Is, this is full This is full spoils. Okay, so the the Avas are like they're mechas kind of, but they're not actually mech at their core. They're armored beings that are like duplicates of the first angel from the first impact which is this is confusing either adam or lilith depending on which one you watch the rebuild or the original it took me a little bit of time to and a couple google searches to be like who are these wait what yeah because especially if you're not paying very close attention you're like adam lilith eva's characters it it the show is the show is a lot like it's 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 not succinct yeah no it's so there i think it is adam is the one that they have in their in the basement correct lilith but they're lilith like duplicate no i'm sorry lilith is the one who's in the basement who's crucified okay adam is kaoru is kaoru okay yeah um uh so they're they're like clones of Lilith that are imbued with souls of the mothers of the pilots of the Avas. And other people can pilot them, but their like sync ratio is not as high and they, they like can't control them as well as people who are related to the souls of the Avas. But the so pilots like aren't tough. aware of that. It's no no, it's like a river, like a re-pregnancy, I guess. Yeah, there's there's a lot of like like a fetus imagery. Yeah, there's a lot of just like um, womb imagery woven throughout all of Ava. And there's a lot of discussion of like mothers yeah. throughout because Shinji's mother is absent. Obviously, Asuka's mother is absent, but Asuka knew her mother. Shinji, I think, didn't ever know his mother really. I believe so. Yeah. Um, and Ray is a clone of shinji's mother so like the whole thing is really really mother-centric and like especially asuka who is the toughest character in the show she's like you know very like often speaking to her mom looking for guidance and like looking for for help in what she's doing because she's like i'm so tough but she really wants like her mom and to be around her mom and like to be supported by her mom and they've told her that she can see her mom again or something if she pilots Ava, but that... It's almost like a reunion of some sort if she pilots it. Yeah, but but her mom is, like, not there anymore. She's gone. Well, that, that was a pretty solid intro of not only just the, the Avas, but also all of the cast of characters, our primary cast. Um, so, as I said, we have Shinji, who is just embodies, to his core, social anxiety and just depression and self-loathing. And then we have Asuka who is a half-German, half-Japanese pilot, who gets introduced fairly late in the series. She's not there from the beginning. She gets introduced, I think, episode four or five, 
Um, but she, even later, uh, I think yeah. she actually gets introduced like episode eight or nine. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You're right. Absolutely. She's yeah. She comes in a while after. And I think a lot of people's initial reaction is, oh, she's the polar opposite of Shinji. She's outgoing. She knows what she wants. She's a go getter. But if you really boil her down to a core, she is very similar to Shinji. She They're both super needy. She exhibits uh self uh self-loathing. She she hates herself to some extent. She also strives to be perfect unlike Shinji, and I think it's that ambition that truly sets her apart from Shinji. But again, depressed, uh manic, she uh has ex- the death of her mo- mother caused a lot of problems for her in her childhood. Shocking how true, fully realistic. Yeah, and, and it's something that we've all known the overachiever in, in any school. We, we all know the people who seem to be so successful but like almost like they're hungry for it. And it's just you, you want to know why and like what's the driving force. And for a lot of them, sure, they might just you – know, they're just good at whatever. But a lot of people are driven by something, some sort of childhood trauma that strives and, and demands that they be better. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, again, we have two characters who are very relatable for early teens and mid-teens. Like, it's very resonant. And then we have Ray, the fan service favorite. She is uh, – I mean, I wouldn't say that she's the favorite. She is, she's definitely a, a, one of the big faves. But – for no real reason other than she's like designed cutely because she's just a blank slate. She is a stereotypical what you think is just the harem. Oh, I have no personality, but if I hang out with the guy, I'll get personality kind of thing. But it doesn't do that, thankfully. But well, she kind of gets she kind of gets more interesting. I guess I'm thinking mostly of the rebuilds. I, I think she gets more interesting in the end. I, I do think that the mystery of Ray and why she is the way she is is the most interesting thing about her. Uh, but she's she's just a blank slate, and we find out why. It makes sense because she is literally one of many failed clones of Shinji's mother that Gendo is producing, and and we find out later in the series why he's making Ray. So so that, that that's our brief overview. I I think all of these characters have mental problems. Yes, they do. Which is fun because I feel like I so fun. (laughs) Mental health fun. No, I I feel like you know now more than ever in 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 the society and year that we and and culture that we live in, like mental health has become at at the at the forefront of like young millennials' brains. Yeah, I I think that it's more it's more pertinent in our media. It's something that we're more openly talking about. It's something that I think is being distilled in generations younger than us, way more than it was distilled in us. I don't know how we got it. It's probably something to do with the internet. Yeah, but you know, mental health has become more and more important, and this this show has been at a time when mental health wasn't. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, yeah, for sure. It was not a thing that was looked at closely. So it's it's really cool to to go back and be like, wow. So not only was this groundbreaking on you know so many so many anime fronts and so many storytelling fronts, it's also groundbreaking in like realistic depictions of mental health mm-hmm. and depression, especially in like Japanese culture, which has been they they're so oppressed that like the the mental health problems in Japan are worse than here, and so like but like they don't really talk about it. Ever, it's a like a dirty secret. Yeah, but it's like it's like one that really a, a huge portion of the population deals with there. So that, that I think that's a huge part of why it's it's 
such a fucking big deal in Japan. It is such a fucking big deal in Japan. It's a big deal here. Well, like I don't, I don't really know if Joey knows like how big of a deal it is because like yeah, you all have been to Japan. I haven't. I'm familiar with like I feel like when you go to Japan, on every corner there's like Naruto, Dragon Ball, <laughs> Eva, and like a lot of JoJo for some reason. One Piece. Yeah, One Piece for sure. One but piece. but it, it's one of those things that's so resonant in the country that you will go to a karaoke bar and there are people singing the a Cruel Angels thesis. Just in front of just a random set of bar patrons, like they are singing yeah. the intro music for Evangelion. Like it is that popular. That's cool. We and should he- go to karaoke night and just do the Friends song. song. <laughs> I'll be there for you. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, in Japan, it's everywhere, and they have like restaurants. They have trains. They have in every fucking bookstore that you walked into. There's like a life size sculpture of one of the characters of the show in their plug suit. Like. It's it's really crazy. It is so deeply ingrained in still, everything. The fact that it's still ingrained is crazy to me because it's it's old. Yeah, yeah. And we like, and we have the final supposed movie coming out next year. So like allegedly, it's coming to an end next year for after the last all five of these years. years. But but Joey, everyone makes a meme out of Shinji. No one really likes Shinji on the internet. the The big meme for him is Shinji get in the fucking robot. Stop crying and get in the fucking robot. How do you feel about Shinji? Because he is our protagonist after all. Uh, it's um, it's really hard for me to feel empathy for Shinji because of the amount of like I feel I feel like he he's he's really missing some elephants el- elephants. He has Shinji has zero elephants. <laughs> uh, he has some personality elements that that I find it hard to empathize with in this in the sense that like yeah. uh, uh, I've I've never met a character with such abysmally low self confidence. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I I just find that frustrating because we've we've shown how proven capable he is. And it's well, like, I mean, kind of. In the first fight, he got a fucking. He almost destroyed the whole robot and himself. He only was saved by the fact that his mom was in that. Tokyo when this happens. They put people in like safety shelters. They put them in bunkers. Yeah. yeah. So but for, how often do these people have to like get out of their big apartments? Like, I want to see that. I want to see the outside elements of even gun. Like, I want to see all the people getting into bunkers all day. Well, we see traces of that in some of the episodes. Mm-hmm. But we do learn, like, one thing that I noticed on this rewatch in particular is some of the background world building that happens throughout the show, stuff that's happening over intercoms that I didn't really hear the first time I watched the show. But you learn, like, the the world building of the show is that people, after every angel attack, people are leaving and abandoning Tokyo and going to other parts of the world because they're like, yo, this shit's crazy. This place keeps getting attacked. We got to get the hell out of here. Yeah. And you, it starts to like that's part of the reason why the government is able to do a hostile takeover of Nerve and end of Evangelion because there's literally zero civilians left in in Tokyo Three. So they're like, well, fuck it, let's just nuke the place <laughs> essentially. But yeah, you there you do see like the bunker scene with uh, Shinji's friends who go to his middle school, uh, all that stuff. So yeah, that stuff is happening. It, 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 that's interesting, but like, it, it's so hard for me to to care about Sinji. Yeah, it's like, oh man, I get it. What, like, you're kind of you're you're sad. Well, we might be bearing the lead here, but what do you do? You like Evangelion? 
Oh, we didn't talk about that? Yeah, no. we, we kind of started explaining what it was before Here's, we talked about it. Um, yes, but it's like a tepid yes. Yeah. I feel like I would really like a slightly more distilled version of Evangelion. Then you should try the rebuilds. <laughs> yeah, but I but I heard those those like aren't the true intent. Like that's that's like meta commentary on on fandom. Um, it can be in a way, but also I think that it's the story refined. I, and I, I think that it's like the story the way the story should have gone if they had had the money to animate it properly. Yeah, I, I think it recontextualizes the original story in a way that's a lot more succinct, but also continues the canon. Of the original series. I think that the rebuilds are both a reboot and a continuation of End of Evangelion. Yeah. They're like, is a theory that they're all, every every separate Ava property is its own universe that splits off at the end of yeah. Evangelion. And so they're all like parallel universe continuations of the original series yeah we'll, we'll definitely like pop out we'll definitely tap on that a little bit later for sure we will it's it's i but like i i i, I want to like what evangelion did from like a storytelling perspective and i appreciate what they did from like from like uh from from character writing i uh-huh. think even though i don't like a lot of the characters that still speaks volumes that i actively don't like a lot of characters yeah you felt something about the yeah characters. i was still yeah. like i was still annoyed by them which is which is so much more than apathy mm-hmm uh, but I, I, I didn't... But you were apathetic about Shinji. Uh, no, I, I just didn't like Shinji. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, no one really does. <laughs> the character I like is is Misoto. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's she's the best. And, like, it's so nice that we get a couple of regular life moments with Misato that are, like, not related to the giant crisis happening to the world. But are like, my boyfriend cheated on me with my like best friend, and yeah, I that's think, fucking me up every day. I think that's the beauty of a character like Misato because the the it's the moments where you see her in work mode, and then when you see her in her real life mode, and it really just she feels like a well rounded character. Yeah, and and that's why she resonates with so many people because she's just someone who's dealing with bullshit at every turn of life. And yet she still somehow somehow manages to survive. She's so and cute. and she kind of thrives to some extent. Like she's not happy, but she's making do and making the best of a terrible situation. I like people who uh, handle stress well, and I feel like she does. She she's she's a badass at her job, which, yeah. is, which is a cool defining character, especially for a woman. <laughs> you know? Especially a, a leading woman in a '90s anime, which is kind of unusual because they're usually just nothing but fan service. Yeah, but like Joey said, this show feels like a rejection of fan service. But I would posit it is a rejection of fan service, but also loves fan service. They openly say at the end of the show, like "Come back next time for more fan service." Like they say it at the end of every episode. That, that's how they tease the next episode. Yeah. yeah, like when we first see Misato interacting with Shinji at, at her dinner table, it's all the anime cheese shots you can imagine. It's her bent over the table and Shinji staring directly down her shirt. And then we get the reverse shot of her butt in the air, but the, the head of the chair is blocking like the like the lower part of her butt. Like it, it's very self aware and like you like this, don't you, huh? Don't you like this? But it's also the director saying, I like this, but I'm not happy about it. 
And, yeah. and I don't know if that's a cop-out, but I kind of like that because it's just like you're acknowledging that you're also a fan of the thing you're making because we all should be. If you're creating something, you should be a fan of your own work. You should love the characters you're making, and that's why it should feel heartbreaking when you make the right choice for the characters even though it will make you very sad. Well, and, I, and I think that's what Hideaki Anno does. I think he's very good at that. On a completely unrelated note, one of my favorite shots in the whole show from like the, the lighthearted part of the show uh-huh. is when Shinji goes in the bathroom and Pen Pen is in there and he's like, <laughs> what the fuck, there's a penguin. And he like opens the door and he's like, there's a fucking penguin. And he's naked and she's just sitting there at the table with like her feet up on the table and she's like, oh yeah, that's that's your he's your roommate and then she like picks up her beer which is conveniently directly in front of his dick and there's something that's just like even smaller (laughs) right behind it i think it was like like a toothpick holder yeah yeah it was like something very small on the table so she like picks up the drink and you're like oh no you're gonna see his dick wait there's something smaller but no even that child (laughs) yeah and you that's what's weird right yeah but she also openly admits to being like uh, uh, her uh, her best friend slash the person her ex boyfriend cheated on her with. Uh, what's her name? Re- Ritsko. Ritsko. She's basically like, "So are you gonna fuck the kid?" And it's like, "What? She's like fourteen. What's going on?" Well, in the in the rebuild, she does kiss him. Yeah, no, she does it in End of Evangelion as well, and it's something that a lot of people have very mixed feelings about, and it's something that we will dive into very shortly. But uh, Nick yeah. keeps on teasing stuff later. <laughs> well, I mean, we still we're, we're still talking about the show proper. We still got like twenty episodes, man. But uh, I feel like we're gonna have to skip around. No, no, no. It's it's <laughs> fine. I got I got it all planned out up here. Okay, it's all working out. But it scares me again. Like one of the things that Brooklyn just pointed out that I think is um, not only just uh, good blocking when it comes to like action fight scenes and stuff like that. It's parallels. The show's very good at drawing parallels. Yeah. And one of my favorite things is uh, on the Evangelion subreddit, people have picked apart Shinji's first meetings with uh, Misato and his first combat with an angel. And the shots that we see of uh, episode one ends with basically Shinji blacking out and then episode two begins with him waking up. And episode two over the course of that episode, we see flashbacks to his fight with the angel. Also in that episode is Shinji walking into Misato's apartment for the first time and they have their first dinner interaction. And there's several shots of Misato like putting her hand on Shinji's head. It's very awkward. She's like – like it's like play fighting to some extent. But there are exact shots that mirror the angel fight where the angel grabs the Ava's head and tries to pull it off. It tries to pull its arms off and things like that. So those parallels we see in Shinji's day-to-day life also translate to his angel life, like where he's fighting against the angel, which I think is just very cool because to some extent the show is presenting Shinji's perspective on Misato being as scary as a giant alien entity that is threatening to kill him. Yeah. Which is really cool. <laughs> like it's it's cinematic in that respect, which I appreciate. There's intent behind the frames. There's they, they do that throughout the whole show all the time. Oh, there's a lot of sexual imagery too. Like especially with the – like as things ramp up between Shinji and Misato where it's like, yo, is she going to – like make a move on this child and there's literally frame shots of like a chair he's a child though at some points 
You do. Because he's not treated like a child. Ever. Exactly. By anyone. Well, I think they're treated as less than human. They're treated as a means to an end. And and that's what this show shows you that governments do. Yeah. That, that, they, that you are just a resource that they will tap until you are spent. Yeah. But like going back to the framing though, there's shots where – She's like where Shinji's laying on his bed specifically and Misato's in his room and she goes to sit on the couch. But there's like chairs framed in a way that are like very phallic and it's like, oh, I get what you're doing here. You're like upping the sexual tension between these two because she's, she sits and covers the way this chair is framed, which makes it look like, oh, there's a lot of like insertion imagery here. It's very bizarre, but I think it's valid. A lot of times people have a tendency to, to read and think, oh, what do the blue curtains mean? And sometimes those blue curtains are just blue. But I think this truly is a case of careful framing and trying to up the sexual tension through deliberate framing. There's like – there's so many people that have just like picked every fucking part of Evangelion apart and it really shows like – how deeply intentional all of it is Mm -hmm. because like these things couldn't be mistakes there's like a shot um towards the end where i think it's when it gets really like cerebral and it shows all the rays in the tank yeah and it shows all the rays for like a couple of frames and then it cuts to some other thing really fast and then there's like a couple of flash cuts and then it cuts back to the rays in the tank but they're actually shinji yeah they are ray's body still Mm -hmm. but they're shinji's face there's Shinji's face and Shinji's head, I think. I don't yeah, know, I think that's, that sounds on. right to me. Um, but it's like it's like something that you wouldn't notice until like your fifth or sixth watch through. Mm-hmm. But it goes like, so quick. Yeah, because it's like it's like single frames, but they put like thought into it. Like that's like that's a thing that somebody was like, we have to reanimate this whole thing that we just already did with a different person's face because we wanted to be. Like, we, we're we paying the attention. We want people to know that, like, there's stuff that you can keep finding in this. And there is always stuff to find in it. It's, it's like, endless. It feels like a lot of the love that people have for the show is because it does have that crazy attention to detail that, you know, mm. a lot of people try to accomplish, but not many people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that, so, if we were to condense the whole series, the whole TV show into two parts, I always think of the entire series, the... The, the TV run of Evangelion in two parts. Joey, like just off offhand, do you think you know what those two parts are? I have to. I have. Oh, or, or even Brooklyn. Do, 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 like, would you understand do, do, what if I said that the TV show of Evangelion do, 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 is two distinct parts? Do, 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 and I think it's marked by one key event that truly changed the tone of the show. Um. I don't. I, I kind of categorize it in terms of like the fucking robot fighting, and then the cerebral shit yeah. is like how I do it. And in, in when I think about it, because like after like episode fourteen, there's a lot of the like a, a lot of time spent in the rail car by himself, like asking himself questions, and like the it starts around there, but then it like kind of keeps progressively. Those scenes become longer, and his questions become more like introspective about like what is this what am i why am why am i here i does anyone need me you know like i think you might have hit the nail on the head is it the rail car shot with episode 14 uh i think 
like I said, twelve. Shoot. But it's like it's like yeah, around there where it like it just like suddenly takes a turn because in the beginning it kind of just comes off like oh, it's like zombie robots, like yeah. the, it with some fucked up kids, and it's like a little bit more, a little bit more gritty than a lot of. Uh, animes like mech animes are in the reality of it yeah but like then it starts to get real real thoughtful and it's like it's like becomes more of a thinking thing and less of a fighting thing and the fighting is still there and the fighting is still cool but like you're thinking a lot more when you're like about halfway through about what's going on because of the questions that the characters are asking themselves the questions the characters are asking each other like you're kind of like when you even when you're watching the fighting you're like what like what does this mean mm-hmm. and and that's a really huge i i feel like turn to take as a viewer where at the beginning you're just like fuck yeah fucking aliens versus robots dope and then you're like you're suckered into this narrative of like oh no i have feelings now yeah yeah, it, yeah and like why <laughs> you you hit the nail on the head yeah it it, it turns into just like Oorah beating up alien mech with some like interesting subversive things and then it becomes headier and and I think that moment is when one of Shinji's schoolmates who gets recruited into the Ava program Suzuhara I think is his name mm. and he gets tasked with piloting an Ava unit and Shinji has to the, his Ava unit goes rogue it goes berserk and Shinji's father says I need you to stop that Ava and Shinji's saying, yo, my friend's in there. I can't do it. Yeah. And he's like, are you sure you can't do it? And he's like, I'm not going to kill my friend, dad. And he's like, all right. And the dad dummy activates system. the dummy plug system. The dummy plug system does not work. That's where basically uh, automatic override. And uh, unit one, or I'm sorry, unit two goes berserk and massacres the other Ava unit. It. It, is, it eats it. it. It's disgusting. <laughs> it like, literally, like, there's a shot of the intestines, like, flying and landing on houses of, like, of the other Ava unit. It's fucking gnarly. And I believe that that episode is both a tonal shift in the show and also a budgetary shift in the show. Yeah. Because after that episode, they lost a lot of money because they showed some things they probably shouldn't have for on a on a kids television show as a serialized anime in Japan. So they got they got their funding cut quite a bit after that episode and I think that because of that this is me reading into it. This is not based in fact in any way, but it is that dr- that drives the the dramatic tone that the showrunner takes with the show because um one thing that is the thing that's like notable about the show is that the way Shinji has a mental breakdown at the end of the series so too did the creator of the show, Hideaki Anno, and I believe that this show was his vehicle for exploring that mental anxiety and his inevitable uh, breakdown. Yeah. Do you see that, Joey, at all? I still think I'm thinking of a different moment. What's the moment I, you're I thinking? I can't place it, which is not interesting for a podcast or interesting for my own sanity because I'm going crazy trying to think about what, what, the, what this period in time is. But if you think of it, just let me know. But basically, the series kind of funnels into this idea that humanity is kind of slowly giving up, and you learn that this government, secret like government Illuminati type called Sele, is trying to orchestrate this thing known as human instrumentality. And you also know Gendo, Shinji's dad, also wants human instrumentality, but they both want it for different reasons. 
Instrumentality is the idea that by introducing a key angel that has yet to arrive on Earth um, to Lilith, that their union will result in another uh, impact that will cause like all of humanity to meld into a giant amorphous blob where every individual soul understands the existence of its neighboring soul and so on and so forth. It's like a hive mind to yeah. some extent. Of LCL fluid. Yeah. That of, is what of, LCL fluid is. Of the thing that the pilots are actively like immersed in when they're piloting the AVA units. Yeah. And so it's that where you're like, oh, shit, that's a crazy-ass plan. Like, that's pretty cool, though. And then along the way, we meet that final angel, and his name is Kaoru. And he's very into Shinji. But for those of you who watch the Netflix version of the show, you learned that Kaoru no longer loved Shinji because in the original duh, or the original anime, the, the line is Shinji – I love you. And that's the thing that throws Shinji for a loop. He does not know how to interact with someone who actively cares about him. And that's why you, you, you start to like think like, oh, Shinji might be gay, which is like for the first time in his life, someone has shown affection to him. And one, this can be interpreted as a number of ways. This is by no means just armchair analysis like of Shinji's sexuality. But the fact that this one person is showing his affection – you see Shinji actively flustered around this new guy who's about his age. And he's like, maybe, like, you I start- mean, he is really fucking cool, too. Yeah, he's very, he's, he's like a brother to Shinji, but there's also like this. But this, like a gay brother. This, this innate sense of love. <laughs> yeah. And so you can see it as like, hey, Shinji might be gay. Or Shinji just thinks that that's the way you show romance to someone who shows affection to you because he's literally never had anyone tell him, I love you. So it's just like, it, it, it's that that very real for a lot of people in their high school years. Where like, am I? I don't I don't know. Like, is this the thing that I'm worth it? Is, that I'm exploring? But in the Netflix version of the show, the line gets changed to "You are worthy of my grace," which is just fucking weird. It's just a bad localization. Isn't that not how you should tell people? <laughs> that, them? I tell my girlfriend that all the time. You are worthy of my grace. And she's like, great, thanks. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> no, you say that. No, if of I course said not. That to Alex, he would be like, get out of my house. <laughs> that just sounds like a thing Alex would say. <laughs> but you see, like, clearly there's some, like, homoerotic overtones in their meetings because they're hanging out in the bathtub or in the in the in the sauna they grab hands like it's very it's pretty plainly obvious like come on in the and in the rebuilds they don't they don't even like they don't even hint I, at it yeah they're like they're fucking gay and <laughs> my favorite scene in the rebuild is where Karu invites Shinji to play piano with him yeah and it's just like this beautiful scene of them playing the music together you know what i mean they're just they're just they each one understands the other's next move and they just create beautiful music together it's very heavy-handed but it's also pretty cool but like that's what that's what was changed in the Netflix adaptation which is why a lot of people were very upset about that uh, yeah, I think that that well, that is the catalyst. Kaoru and Shinji's relationship is the catalyst for the end of the fucking show. So for them to like fuck with it is like, why did why did you do that? And the end of the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Joey, how did you read that scene as someone who 
didn't know that that was changed. I'm like, I'm. Um, I'm sure you heard about it. I I knew that like a line around there was changed, but I didn't know exactly what it was. And the thing was is that I I feel like I didn't need that line to say I love you mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, it didn't bother me in the slightest. I'm like, okay, they're just kind of a little bit they're a little bit gay with each other. Yeah. Maybe they're a lot of bit gay with each other. <laughs> in the in the original, it is made very clear. He just says, "I love you, Shinji Akari." <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, oh, all right. it's like <laughs> very romantic. Yeah. He's, they're fucking gay. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like that's also shown and said in other ways too. That that, that shouldn't be a, a surprise. I don't think you need to be that nail on head about it. I, but I think that the problem that a lot of people had with it is that it was one of the first times, especially for a lot of queer people, that it was the first time that a show actively represented a gay romance on screen yeah and so for any any attempt to cover it up to some extent felt like a like a, a slap in the face so you're telling me it was tumblr that was mad well i yes I, <laughs> I i don't know the complete accuracy to this but apparently the localizer for the netflix adaptation or the netflix dub of the show and the script has some very not so great ideas about how Sexuality. Why would works. they hire that person? Then that seems like a mistake. Like some eight chan, like some eight chan ass uh, Nazi lowly shit stuff. Oh god. Oh yeah. man, that's funny. I just can't believe. How did they hire that? Yeah. Why I, am I, I doing that voice? There is a there is a so couple is interesting. Chan are a good way to insult someone these days. How you fucking eight chaner? Yeah, <laughs> I would I, say that that's a pretty serious insult. Yeah, it's 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 it brings with it a heavy weight. But it, it is cool because I mean we talked about you know. It being one of the first shows to really discuss mental health, it's also one of the first shows to really like prominently show LGBT activities too. Yeah, mm-hmm. like like they especially because Shinji handles it in a way that a normal person would handle it, where he's like, "Oh, oh," uh, but like it's not. He's not they don't, like, suave. Make a big deal about it. Yeah, they, they're, 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 not, they're not like, "Oh, oh, you're gay," and I'm. <laughs> May, uh, maybe I'm gay. Like he's like, That's oh, party. like you like me, and then like you can tell that there's like this internal conflict with him for a little bit where he's like, am I gay? Like, yeah. and and it's like it feels like a real reaction to someone, especially the first person that's ever expressed their love to you, like being the same gender as you. Like he's just like, it feels authentic. It really does. And and then of course because it is a show in the '90s, if you introduce. Uh, two characters who are gay who are in a, in, attracted to each other, you have to kill one of them because gay people can't be happy. That wouldn't be great. So Shinji <laughs> dies? Huh? Shinji dies? No. Cal- everyone, that would have been too good. Everyone, everyone dies. dies. <laughs> Kaoru gets killed because uh, it is essentially like his destiny to die and in his death, the what is it, fourth impact at this point? Is it third or fourth? I forget. Third, third impact kind of gets enacted. And that's when the show goes off the deep end because that's when episode 24 technically takes place before end of Evangelion and then episode 25 technically takes place some point between end of Evangelion and the end of end of Evangelion. Like it's very complicated because the final two episodes of the the show are just a a complete mental dialogue in Shinji's mind. I honestly, like, as a huge fan of the show, I'm not a big fan of it. Like, I could have, I understand its purpose. I could have done with, like, 15 minutes of that instead of 60, and I would have been like, I definitely understand. But I feel like there's, 
there's just like a lot of of chatter that happens for like 15 minutes that I'm like yeah eh, okay like I, I understand and I, I think that there's a lot of other questions that I had at that point that I was like I want these questions answered can we answer these questions and we were just like line drawing Shinji and he's walking around in the white space being like where am I yeah, and then I, I feel like that's very fair because I get to watch this and then go watch End of Evangelion instead of just watching it and being like, so what's the situation? What's what's going on? Like, I, I, mean, knew, there, I knew there was more to come. Yeah, imagine episode 25 ends, the the show ends. You're like, and, what the fuck? And you don't get End of Evangelion. You don't even know End of Evangelion exists until a year later. Like, that's a pretty big slap in the face to a lot of fans, which a lot of people felt it was. I yeah. personally adore episodes 24 and 25 I because i feel like they work within the the grand scope of the show and i think it showcases what makes the show so special and it's the idea of it's not a story about a kid fighting giant aliens it's about a kid having this battle with himself it is the the idea that like hey being human sucks a lot of times yeah but it's it's the times that you know like this is really the realization that you get with at the end of Evangelion is that being human and existing is miserable. Existence is misery and really you might be better off ending it all but – and a big but with an underline underneath is that it's the small moments where humans aren't completely terrible to each other that make life worth living. And it's this very like small moment of humanity that I think rings so true, especially for, for people who, who uh, suffer from depression. It's like, yeah, life would be better if you just didn't have to live it. But it's the, it's the small moments that really make human – the thing that makes humans, the thing that defines humanity, when people express that even in the smallest ways, it makes life worth living. And that's pretty damn beautiful if I do say so myself. But it's not beautiful because it was drawn with a colored pencil and two dollars. And then the the congratulations sequence is just like, why is this so long? <laughs> congratulations! Where every single fucking character from the entire show is like, congratulations, and you're like, why? And, and we see that that is just Shinji basically learning to love himself. It's where he realized, like, hey, yeah, maybe I do love myself after all. And then the show ends. <laughs> that's and that's like that's like a totally fine. I think that the message behind that is great, and I love mm-hmm. that. I just think that the way that it's done is really unnecessary. Like, I could have done with a couple of the characters being like, "Congratulations," but like, literally every character in the entire show. I mean, at that point, it's just a, a good meme. Yeah, it is. It is very memeable. And every time someone claps and says congratulations, that is the first thing that comes to my head. Congratulations. And and honestly, it feels like an unusually optimistic ending to a series that didn't feel like it was leading to one. No. Where everyone died. As far as you knew in the last episode, just everyone died. Well, no. Everyone became LCL. In theory, everyone's been – is happier than they've ever been because everyone for the first time in forever – understands the the existence of one another because they all exist as one consciousness i guess okay so i guess this is where like the two perspectives from the whole story yeah. are like present because there is camp like 
holy shit, we don't want to be assimilated into a hive mind. And then camp, like, we have to assimilate everyone into a hive mind. Mm -hmm. And the camp who's like, we do not want that to happen, is under the impression that everyone will die. Because, really, they, you, like, if, what, what do you consider dying? Well, what is existence without the self, you yeah. know? And that's, it, that's a question that's asked death. a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like, but, I mean, for most people, death is when your body dies, mm-hmm. right? Like, and so, like, a lot of people are like, everyone will die if we do this. And then we all have to live in a giant puddle. It's the ocean, and it <laughs> sucks. <laughs> yeah, that does sound pretty shitty. I think I'm in camp and don't do that. Yeah, I was strongly in camp don't do that. I think Nick might be in the other camp, No, I, I don't think so either. I just think that that's what is, in that moment, that's what helps Shinji achieve that self-realization of happiness and learning to love himself. It is because big brain, galaxy brain thought here, it is... The realization that he is come to terms with his happiness because of the human instrumentality, he loves himself, but then he realizes he must reject that in order to make the world a better place. And we see that happen in Avan end of Evangelion yeah. in my theory. Like I don't know how many people subscribe to this and this is – end of Evangelion is one of the most hotly debated pieces of media, especially of anime. But, like, it's just – there's a lot of interpretations that I think are all valid. But when the series ended, people were understandably upset because they kind of got a non-ending to their giant robot show. It is, it is like, the most, the most cerebral equivalent to the it was all a dream ending that I can think of. Yeah. And then everyone woke up. And then everyone woke up. And then it was okay. Like, it's like, it's like the, the thought – the super thought-heavy version of that. I feel like, and so I like when it ended. The first time I watched it, I was like, "What?" Like I was, I was so mad because I, I was like, "This is, this is bullshit." And then you know, I read that they ran out of money, and that's why the that's why it looked the way like it that. did. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh, that's why it was drawn with a colored pencil," like because <laughs> they fucking ran out of money, and so it's like, yeah. Uh, I can understand, and I'm like, I am not mad at, I'm not mad at Anno, I'm not mad at the studio. It's just like, wow, that fucking is a huge bummer. But people threatened Studio Gainax employees, they threatened Anno, they, they hated the ending of the show, and they demanded that the upcoming movie, End of Evangelion, be, Explain some shit. be something, anything, just not what we got in episode 24 and 25. And let me tell you. Hideakiano delivered. <laughs> he fucking delivered. Fan service. And then it, it was it was leading to fan service, and then it was Ano being so mad at the fans that he just strangled the fan service just down to its very core. Oh, I so, love it. So much so that at the end of the movie, he just literally places a camera in a screening for End of Evangelion and says, hey, it's really cool when we get to retreat to these fantasy mystical worlds, isn't it? But you know what? You can't stay there. And then it's just this mocking shot of all of these otaku, the like just hardcore anime fans in the theater 
watching End of Evangelion. It's such a big fuck you because it's just him saying, this is you. This is what you look like right now. Aren't you pathetic? Don't you look just – look at you. You look gross. Like, ooh. ooh. And that's what he's doing at the end of the movie. How crazy is that? That That's a thing people made paid money to see. How good is that? Oh. It's – I love it. (laughs) High art. I like it. <laughs> it feels like an Andy Kaufman-esque thing, you know? Like It does. It's great. I love it. Asuka is, in my opinion, the best girl. Um, but we see it in this movie. And uh, in the movie, in the movie, it's so solidified, but he just fucks her right on over. Like, and and I, that's my favorite fight. You're saying he fucks over her? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Over on around <laughs> like dude I don't know how I feel about watching a 14 year old masturbate. Well that that's the thing too. Like this show is like, okay, I'll give you an ending to the show. You know all these characters you love? I'm gonna make them horrible. But yeah. like the, the movie literally opens with Shinji seeing Asuka's breast and so he masturbates into his hand. Famously. And he's as the, as the camera awkwardly just like focuses on random things around them. No, it's it's great. It's it's, it's a what a fantastic way to start a movie because it's just setting the tone right from the beginning. It's like oh, buckle up, fans. This is what your characters look like now. But I would argue Shinji's always been like that. They just couldn't show that on TV. Yeah, it still feels true to his character, even though people say that's not the case. And no, Shinji's a dirty little perv. They just couldn't show a fourteen-year-old masturbate on Japanese television. Yeah, <laughs> um, and also I think that that is something that speaks directly to like the parallels that Ano is drawing between the fans and between the the characters. Like he's like. I know that you fucking little perverts are all going to jack off because Asuka's displayed naked with her top up. You know, like, I know that this is what you're going to do, so I'm just going to look around the room for a minute and let you do that, you fucking gross freaks. And then then he's like, he looks at his hand and he's like, I'm so fucked up. Well, that's the thing that really bothered me in the the Netflix release of End of Evangelion. I actually didn't didn't watch it. They changed that line. They changed it? I'm so fucked up? Yeah, they changed it to, like, I'm so pathetic or something like that. Like, oh, no. I'm so fucked up is important. Yeah, like, he, he just says in the original release, he says, I'm so fucked up. What? Hard hard cut. To, well, he's looking at his, his the cum in his hand. The jizzle. And he says. On his palm. He says, like, disgusted with himself. I'm so fucked up. Hard cut to end of Evangelion title card. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, the But why is that so much more important than pathetic? Well, because I think it's the thing that it it goes beyond patheticness. It is just the idea that you know it's pathetic and yet you still do it. Yeah. it it's a thing that you realize that this is a problem, but you can't help but return to it. Yeah. It is like acknowledging your problem head on and still just being like but the boob. I think I think <laughs> I saying I'm so pathetic is just like feels sorry for yourself like oh i'm so pathetic i don't deserve anything but like being like i'm so fucked up is like this is what i did i would love to have the introspective experience of like being so into oscar watching an evangelion for the first time literally getting a boner and then <laughs> being like oh no <laughs> I, I i long like because that's happened to a non-zero number of people absolutely absolutely <laughs> and i would just love to be inside their head and know what they thought and felt like yeah because Anna was like, look, you fucking gross ass. Here's This is you. You're gross. You're fucked up. And then they come to the realization that they too might be fucked up. 
Yeah. And that's kind of the standard affair for most of what we see in the end of Evangelion. It showcases a kind of brutality that just wasn't in oh, the show. It's beautiful. It, it was brutality that lurked on the edges like we saw with the scene with Suzuhara. Yeah. But this doesn't cut away from it. The Basically, the Japanese government and the U.S. government, the world government, orchestrates orchestrates a hostile takeover of nerve headquarters and it is some of the most upsetting deaths i think i've seen a lot of people are dead just people getting their throat slit people getting shot in the head people begging for their life and just no mercy killings I mean, some that felt like blown a, into two pieces that felt like a fun tarantino movie i was kind of into the back it was wild like it and it's and you saw they got the budget for that movie because the animation is gorgeous in Dude, this movie the the oscar fight versus the the ava series is my favorite fight it's my favorite fight from any mech anime ever it's a good fight and you like mech anime and i like a mech anime is one of my top three genres in anime. like <laughs> it's the one of the three genders one of the three genders <laughs> i am either male female or mech <laughs> Someone will be offended by that. That's I'm obviously not my real standpoint. No, um, uh, damn it! Um, I watching the people get murdered inside of Nerve was very interesting. Uh, I fe- I realized when everyone's getting murdered that I that there was actually a character in the series that I liked, who and felt bad for. Um, um, the 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 male captain on the bridge underneath. Uh, I guess yeah, not captain. I know who you're talking about Gendo's like Maybe. subordinate, the no. gray-haired man. No, 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 no. Um, the the young guy, the one with the that played guitar, the one who had the crush on on um, Ritsko, right? Yeah, Ritsko. Wait, that was that was a girl. The one that looks like there's she, a guy and a girl. Oh, okay. There's two. Like, there, there, there's the girl, the, the one with the, the glasses. There, there's the girl who's yeah. like, oh, I, how can I shoot them? I can't shoot a gun. I've never shot a gun before. Yeah. And there's the guy who does that job with her. Yeah. The one who is just kind of always helping and and doing whatever. Yeah. He's, he's cool. Yeah. He's the coolest and best character on the show, I found out. But also, I like them too, but then I kind of did some thinking about it, and it's like, these people willingly engaged in weird government-ass activities and also forced kids to fight mechs. But... That's <laughs> kind of fucked up. It's revealed, It's revealed though, like halfway through the show, that they, not everyone in Nerve No, they weren't aware. The, like, aware. Like, and, and really, it's only Gendo, and then... But when, how are you not a little bit suspicious? <laughs> I well, I know. When, uh, what's his, his assistant guy's name? The guy who's... The one that loved uh, Shinji's mom as well. Yeah. Yeah. That that guy that guy is also a pretty. I like him because he's character. like I think he's a good character as well. Um, yeah, and, and like when he starts to see the shits going on, he's like, "Wait, <laughs> wait, we, we want it, what are we doing?" <laughs> I thought you abandoned this plan a long time ago. Yeah, Ooh, this is what all, are we, this what is uncomfortable. Why but one likes Shinji's mom. What? She was apparently great. Yeah, she was a nice lady. <laughs> But but this movie has some pretty uh, iconic and important scenes that recontextualize a lot of the show. It's uh, we have basically also my big brain theory is that uh, episode twenty four when Shinji has his mental breakdown, we see that unfold here where he's just a limp body that Misato is just literally dragging around the entirety of Nerve headquarters. And it's after episode twenty four when he starts to learn to love himself to some extent that he kind of snaps out of the stupor. 
or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what gets him like, all right, I guess I'll get in the thing. Oh, shit, what happened to Asuka? I'm back to square one, blah, blah, blah. But right before Shinji is sent out into Unit 2 to rescue Asuka from the, um, from the uh, mass-produced Avas, there's a very interesting scene that unfolds between Misato and Shinji. And it is a scene I don't know how to feel about. Because one, I love it. And two, she's kissing a 14-year-old boy. <laughs> Age of consent in Japan? 16. Great. <laughs> basically there. <laughs> but it, again, it's just one of those things where it is the perfect culmination of their relationship because she understands exactly what a 14-year-old boy needs who's suffering from like just so many things. Who, someone who could just use a confidence boost. He and she understands like, okay. I know how to get you. I know. I know how like to. You can extrapolate that to like really extremes, though. Like, I mean, that's like saying the the kid who had sex with the teacher in high school was really cool. No, and I don't think that's what it's saying. I think she's saying that for for Shinji in particular, she need to need to need to get laid. <laughs> and 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 I think that that serves as like the kiss is a. I think it's a false one. It's not one that she is doing out of actual romantic intent. Even though she follows it up with, I'll show you the rest later. Like, it's just one of those things where it's like, I'm about to die. I'm literally bleeding to death right now, but I need to give you one last kick in the ass to get you out there and motivate you. Because, God damn it, this is not going to be another one of those scenes where you must run away. And I think she understands that. And that's what makes me respect her as a professional, because she's just trying to get the job done. Yeah. She's so badass. She's great. And then she gets blown apart, and it's horrible. <laughs> it's okay. Everyone just becomes LDL anyways, right? <laughs> LDL. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Is it HDL? <laughs> no, LCL. Oh, LCL. I was always really bad with content. No, it's totally fine. Also, I'm just thinking about my lipids right now. <laughs> my cholesterol is fucking off the chart. And we see, again, Asuka have her super heroic badass moment where she kills a bunch of mass-produced Ava units uh, within so good. the span of five minutes, and then they Why come... Why do you like her so much, Brooklyn? Why do I like Asuka? Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a dirty... It's a dirty reason. <laughs> I'm a dirty person. Self yeah. out. I like. I like her. I like. It's not because she's a good character. It's. Cause I think that she's a piece of shit. But I love her because she's just a piece of shit. Like I love her because she is such a fucking bitch all the time, and everybody like deals with her being a bitch. And she's also very hot. That's fair. But also. She just like she's just a strong a strong character and like very misunderstood a lot by everyone. Yeah. Um and and so I like she exhibits character and we like that. Yeah, she's she's then what do people opinionated like and she does shit for herself like all the time. She she why why don't I like Ray? Why do people like Ray then? Why do because people I mean, like Ray? She, because That's a good question. She's the she's the fan service waifu. She's the one who exists to sell the merch. Yeah, she's insert personality here. Yeah, she's like a non-offensive. She she is the opposite of Oscar. She's the like the the dude who has no self confidence. Who's like, man, if I if I had a girl like that, I would I would show her the world and I would. She would love me and I'd she would love... cook me dinner and then she would go plug herself into the USB portable. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
And it's just it, – it's a character that's almost a mocking kind of character. But she does have her charm because seeing a character who is basically an empty slate trying to find meaning in existence is kind of interesting. And yeah. I kind of dig that. Her character her character development is really interesting. But for the first three quarters of the show, I am not interested in her at all. Well, like literally we Maybe see her – Brooklyn, please explain emotion to me. Hi. <laughs> We we literally see her become this empty shell into the harbinger of mankind's destruction. Like it's a pretty dramatic shift. Yeah, where, <laughs> where she I watched the rebuilds more recently than I watched the end of Evangelion, so it's confusing. Um, she has that Shinji like reaches into something to get her right, and then that's what happens. Or is that that's in the end of Evangelion? That's what initiates the impact. Yeah, she initiates it. But as you said, because we are getting close to – very close to the end, that Joey's going to get mad at me at this file size. <sighs> I am. But basically, third impact unfolds because Adam is reunited with Lilith and they are presented with like the key. We learn what the key is and the key to unlocking the human instrumentality – as Ava Unit 2, Shinji himself is becoming a you know sacrificial what? lamb. What's up? Unit 1. Yeah, I'm sorry. Unit 1. Man, I keep doing that. But yeah, Unit 1 and Shinji are to become a sacrificial lamb. We have not even tapped into any of the religious imagery, but spoilers. It's only because it's they're called angels. It's called Adam, Lilith. The, the Lance of Longinus, uh, which was... We didn't even talk about the angels. The angels are so fucking cool. They are cool. But the Lance of Longinus was the spear that, that the Romans used to pierce Jesus' side when he was on the cross. All of that stuff, people who try to unpack the meaning in, don't bother. The only reason it's in the show is because Anna was like, hey, that's kind of cool. <laughs> it's just cool imagery. And that's that's the, the meaning of all of it. Uh, yeah. And I don't, I think that like actually he doesn't really know that much about Christianity. No, no, he's just, just one of the, it. like he's just like these are interesting items. Yeah, and like the iconography is, it's beautiful to cool. some extent. Yeah. Good name. Yeah, yeah. And, and Lilith is like a great bad guy name or yeah. like evil entity. And, and believe you me, when I was like eight years old, and I discovered an anime magazine that was talking nothing but Ava. And I had not seen the show. I was like, what is this sacrilegious show that I must watch? Because, oh my God, I'm not allowed to watch this. But this seems so cool. They're talking about the Lance of Longinus and Adam and Eve and all this stuff. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How was your mom ever known? There was no way to watch anime back then. (laughs) Especially especially Evangelion without dropping $90 on four VHS tapes. Actually, one VHS tape. No, that didn't exist, dude. But basically, Shinji is presented with a choice. We see in his mind once again, and his ultimate choice is, hey, do you want mankind to be one collective consciousness? Look how good it feels. Isn't this great? And then you get that great meme shot. You can pick one person to be with you for eternity. You guys will be Adam and Eve. Cool. I picked the one that has no personality at all. You get that great meme shot, though, of, like, Shinji, like, when his face is all waving, he's just, like, smiling. It's very good. I'll post, the, I'll post it as the thumbnail for this Joey Hates Movies. But uh, he gets presented, like, hey, look how good you feel right now. This could be the way humanity and existence is forever. Or you can go back to the human suffering of day-to-day existence. But, hey, at least you'll be an individual. What 
Joey, what's your like out of ten score for the TV show and the out of ten score <laughs> for the movies that you watched? Well, I let's like, say only end of Evangelion. I liked the TV show more. I feel like the ending was like more original to what the creator wanted to do as like a piece of like like art, and the end of Evangelion felt like like a dirty rebuild for the sake of making fans happy. Mm. Oh, I don't think it made fans happy at all. No, I mean, he he made, oh, the, he did everything oh, he could to make. Wait, you meant the rebuild? No. Or end of Ava. No, Ava, end of Evangelion. It was made to not make fans happy, but like people went into the, with the expectation of like, oh man, this is this is a thing. Hmm. So I I I mean, it's hard, it's hard to grab a number out of the sky because I don't know what it, what it compares it to. It's above average. Where would you I put mean, it in the Joey in the five? Joey hates movies canon. I liked End of Evangelion more than almost all of the movies we've watched, so that's not fair. Really? You still think Collateral was? I had such a I had such a good time watching Collateral. <laughs> you liked it more than uh, just for for your point of reference, Brooklyn. He likes End of Evangelion more than uh, Jurassic Park. He likes it more than Green Book. He likes it more than uh, uh, what else have we seen? The Matrix. The Matrix. The Thing. The Thing. That's some. Those are some pretty Argo. Critically, uh, critically acclaimed movies. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think Evangelion's better because it can tell a better story that's more intricate and interesting. I love stories that's about depression. That's fucking rules. <laughs> I like st- no too much Dude, anime. If you like it's stories too long. about depression. You should fucking watch your lie in April. Yeah. It's also got a lot of good music in it. It's also the saddest thing you've ever seen in your entire life, and it will break your soul into five pieces. <laughs> I think I can pass on to be the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I just I, I, I liked I liked Evangelion a lot more than a lot of movies, but I feel like it, it can't really live on the same scale because by by nature I like that type of content more. So I was excited to kind of dive into it and 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 pick apart this stuff and see. Like once you got through most of. Evangelion, you were like excited to, to get into it once you kind of had an idea what the themes were and stuff. Yeah, I I got more the the longer I watched, the more into it I got. I still feel like even halfway through, I was like, eh, whatever. But around you know maybe like eighteen or nineteen, I'm like, oh, you know what, I do like this. Mm-hmm. It, it it took me much longer to come around to it than than, it, than most shows do. I think for me, I am very surprised that you liked it. Why? I well, I just assumed that you didn't because I, I made it a point not to ask you about the show. There's a lot of things that I didn't like about it. Oh yeah, of, but th- those all fall under like anime tropes. The fucking cicadas are stupid. <laughs> that is in every anime. That is how you know it's summer. Uh, do I need to know it's summer? It's sunny outside. Whatever. Give me whatever season it wants. Beans, 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 beans. I actually like. I'll have you know that the first time I went to Japan. I was like, this is what anime sounds like. <laughs> and it was summer, and like as soon as you get there, it just sounds like cicadas all the time. It's very loud. It's pretty loud. It's very loud. It's like everywhere. It just sounds like cicadas outside. Where do they hide? In the ground. Yeah, in the ground, on the when trees. They're, when they're dormant? All the places. Or when they're alive and they're making horrible noises. There's <laughs> when they're usually al- in the trees. So, like, it wouldn't be fun to climb a tree? No. That'd be pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> they're also huge. Have you ever seen them? They're massive. Yeah. When I saw one, like, real life, like, oh, my God, that's what they look like? That's terrifying. They're Why huge. do we keep them alive? Why haven't we just... I think they're good for the environment. Are they? I don't know. I think pro- they're impossible to kill. No. 
I don't know. Their life cycles are really weird. Yeah. Yeah, I think like dormant for like years and then they come back to life or something. Yeah. I don't know. I I'm regardless of how I feel about cicadas, I do I'm happy that I watched Evangelion. I feel like it makes me a little bit more worldly. It definitely makes me more interested to try some other animes that I that I that I care about. I've been I've been trying to I've been starting to watch Death Note, which is Oh, Death Note's good. Something on that was like on my list. I tried I tried other things and I'm just like eh. What did you what else did you try? Um what else did I try? Um, Cowboy Bebop. You didn't like Cowboy Bebop? Yeah. That makes sense to me because it's very heavily movie-influenced. Mm. Um, what else is on Netflix? I tried, I, tried, I tried a bunch of stuff on Netflix. Mm. 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 I'm like, I really the don't... The Netflix selection has kind of waned in the last couple of years. Like, there was a lot for a while, and now I feel like there's not it's a lot. It's going other places. I think you might like um, Knights of Sidonia. No, that's a Netflix one, right? It's a. It's I tried a... watching JoJo's. Didn't like it. <laughs> if you watch the dub, I understand why. <laughs> the dub is intolerable. Uh, Joey watched all of Ava with the dub, correct? Yeah, of course. The the. I like. I want to be able to hear it in English. The Ava dub, even the Netflix one, is nowhere near as bad as the fucking JoJo dub. The JoJo dub I, is. My name is Joseph Jorasa. It is. <laughs> Sufferable. I like. Will sometimes watch it in English, and I'm like, oh. And I don't. I don't usually feel that way about dubs. I like dubs sometimes. The JoJo dub is not one that is passable. I watched. I watched Yuri on the dub. That's okay. There you go. I've seen. I've seen clips of it, and the voice acting is okay. So just is it just a voice acting thing for you? That's Um, down to. That's what's important. There's a. It's a lot of a casting choice like there's like a voice acting thing and there's a casting thing jojo did both of those things so poorly and so everyone's like oh i'm speedwagon and that's how they fucking talk the whole time and it's like god this is so annoying i just want to listen to them speak japanese because then i can enjoy them going like this a lot (laughs) and and like doing weird howling stuff like I don't know I like all the memes from Jojo the Jojo memes are so good and also the I Jojo wrote jo- I, wrote a, I wrote a to be continued meme into player select <laughs> did you? you did but I did the arrow thing <laughs> that's really funny that's awesome yeah I, I there's gonna be like a kid who watches it and is so fucking excited <laughs> it's gonna be everyone me everyone else is gonna be making- that would have been me I would have freaked out if I saw that that's so cool Um. yeah that's that's like dude the Jojo stuff is great. I've never played the fighting game, but I'd really like to. JoJo's um good. I think I think that you would like Knights of Sidonia. It's also I have to write that down. I don't know what that is. The only thing about Knights of Sidonia is that it is one like of those like K-N? S- like like are, yeah. are, are they night men? It's not like a knight in Sidonia. No, it's like, like, like midsummer like, night Sidonia. Like armor knights. Yeah. And then Sidonia is like S Y D. Not no, it's S I D. S I D. Yeah. Not quite the Muse song. The only. A space opera mecha manga series. The only thing that isn't great about it is that it is the CG animated style, which uh, yeah, is really a hotly contested thing that exists. Not that a big some fan people of that. don't like it. I like, don't love it, but I have gotten used to it. That's fair. But I, I think we've we've kept Brooklyn hostage enough. Thank you, Brooklyn. I can talk about anime forever. We'll, we will have you back because there's a couple anime that I do want to 
show to Joey. I or, feel like oh, that's, that's should... later down the line. I can at minimum do one a year. This is <laughs> of, it, it, for future it, it, Joey. It's hate time commitment too. You should so do the episodes. Well, you should do like a movies like three hours. I spent fucking like fifteen watching Eva. You should do like a uh, Studio Ghibli yeah. movie or something like that. Like I like feel like that'll eventually be on the docket because I I. I don't think I've seen any of them. I think I've tried watching Ponyo. Ponyo is cute, what but not it? the best. Is it one. because Miley Cyrus was the voice actor? Fuck off! <laughs> but is that why? No, <laughs> you're yes. lying. <laughs> okay, but she totally is. <laughs> that movie was not the best of any world. Yeah, yeah that 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 movie is. That, I think that movie is pretty. I think it's yeah one of the few Ghibli movies that I don't really care for. I think I tried watching like like what's what's the castle one? Castle, castle in the, the sky? sky? Or what's the one with the girl on the cover? Nausicaa. S- Spirited Away. I think I've tried watching Spirited Away, and I'm like, I don't get this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think <laughs> I think that you would like Princess Mononoke. Princess Mononoke is my favorite. That one's my favorite. It's basically Breath of the Wild, the anime. Yeah. Well, and Howl's Moving Castle is also really good. If we uh, if we get there anytime in the near future, Brooklyn, you're more than welcome to come talk about it. I'll be very interested to make Coral watch that because she will watch that stuff if she hasn't already. So wait, Coral didn't want to watch this one? It, it It's such a big time commitment to be like, hey, Coral, can you watch all of Evangelion? I know you're not really interested in it. <laughs> I, I didn't want to do that to her. I think this sprung yeah. out of my interest in trying to watch the show as opposed to someone else trying to tell me to watch this show, which is normally how the podcast works. So I even call this like a special bonus episode because even, you know, the episode chronologically that's going to be before this, we didn't say watch all of Evangelion. This is like, this is like a hot drop. This is like a little in-between. Yeah. yeah. So now that we're at the end of the episode, you should probably watch that show before you watch this. Yeah, we'll definitely put like a, the, a warning, like with full spoilers, and implore people to watch it. But Brooklyn, before you go, where can people keep up with things that you're doing? Um, Let's get those plugs in. Mostly Instagram, mm-hmm. Brooklyn Pounds. I you get a new one? what? You got a new one? Did I get a new it's one? The same one. Same. I thought you were talking about how a new Instagram. Oh no, it's the same one. Cool. Um, I don't. How do you spell it? Oh. How do you spell Brooklyn Pounds? P W N S. P-W-N-S. Um And that's also my Twitter, Twitch, everything handle. I have a Patreon. What's a Patreon? Um, uh, it's just a lot of me being a hoe. No, no but what's the Patreon page? Oh, like it's the- also Brooklyn Pones. Patreon.com forward slash Brooklyn Pones. Yeah. Throw her a dollar too. She'll appreciate it and Wait, you'll appreciate this, it. Uh, this last month with Brie. Oh. Brie Esrig. I love that. Butter cheese. You love Brie. that butter cheese? It's cheese. Not nah, cheese. I love that cheese. He meant he meant he was making Oh, I get it. Brie. I understood. But, I thought yeah. you were talking about that cheese you get from Patreon. Am I right? That cheddar. Yeah. That cheddar yeah. get yeah. it. Yeah. Didn't make any money on but, Patreon. It's okay. But show Brooklyn some love. Throw throw her a couple bones here and there. Give us give her some of the bucks. If you wanna. Yeah, just don't take away any of ours. Yeah. Make sure you follow her on Instagram, too. Follow, yeah. follow, follow. Follow her on all the platforms. Instagram. Don't. Twitter. Twitch. Don't what? Don't follow us, though. Yeah, don't follow us. Because um, we're, we're significantly less important and cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not true. Also. We're definitely less cool. If you want to support my work life. Yeah. Follow me at um, Brooklyn Allen Photo, which is B-R-O-O-K-L-Y-N-A-L-L. A-N. Alan, two L's, two A's. 
Yeah. Perfect. Brooklyn. Alan. Alan Photo Brooklyn, or Photos? Brooklyn Alan Photo. Yeah. Singular. Yes. Brooklyn Alan Photo on Instagram. Show her some love. Give those photos a like. And look, she takes great photos. It's very cool. Thanks. But that was another episode of Joey Hates Movies. Go watch Evangelia. I'm going to throw the Fly Me to the Moon right Fly here. Fly Me to the Moon. Which version? And watch me gaze upon the stars. Oh,